Welcome to the Anatomy of an Ad podcast. I'm Amy Houston, senior reporter here at The Drum. In this week's episode, I have the pleasure of chatting about one of my favourite ads of the year so far. To do so, I'm speaking with John Rockle, who is the Global Marketing Head of Scotiabank and Tangerine, and Aaron Starkman, who is the Global Chief Creative Officer at Rethink. His team worked on an ad for the Canadian bank that featured worn out people jumping through literal hoops in a dystopian style world. It's bleak, it's creepy, it's giving severance vibes, and it had some top creatives working on it, including director Nick Ball and colourist Alex Bickle. Here we get all the details. Great to chat with you guys. Um, I absolutely loved the campaign. I just thought it was so different from the usual kind of banking ads. And I was a big fan of Severance and it kind of reminded me of that in the best way. Um, But we'll get into all the inspirations and the making of and things like that. I think to begin with, it would be nice if you could introduce yourself. So, John, I'll maybe go to you first. Sure. I am John Rocco. I work for uh, Scotiabank, who, of which Tangerine is a uh, wholly owned subsidiary of. So I look after global brand management for Scotiabank, and that includes Tangerine, Canada, and our, our countries in Latin and South America. Cool. And Aaron, what about you? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a partner, uh, global chief creative officer of, uh, of Rethink. And uh, I'm currently in Toronto where it's raining. Yes, we have discussed <laughs> the weather at length. Um, we're all over the world, but um, yeah, it's raining for the most part. Um, so ta- I'll take you guys back to the beginning. Maybe John, I'll go to you first. Um, what was the brief that you guys gave to Rethink? I think, was this the first time that you had worked together? Yeah, it's the first time that Rethink had worked on Tangerine. Uh, Scotiabank's been working with Rethink for a couple of years now. And Tangerine um, was looking for a way to sort of not, I don't want to say reposition the brand, but restate what the brand is. So Tangerine was really the first digital bank in Canada. And our tagline is forward banking. And at the time, that really meant something. And you could really point your finger at forward banking. What does that mean? Well, we're a digital bank. We don't have branches. We have you know low and fair fees or no fees. Um, it's convenient. If you're digital, we're the bank for you. Well, all the banks caught up. And now, you know, digital is is just it's just the way it is for all the banking. So Forward banking couldn't really mean digital anymore. So the brief, in a way, was to, you know, to rethink was what does forward banking mean? Um, what do we stand for? Um, and how do we position ourselves and create some distance between all of the other competitors that have caught up and where we want to go? So the brief initially before the creative campaign was what is forward banking? Um, and then from there was how do we, how do we articulate that? And what is a, what is the manifestation of that in a campaign? So that that was really the brief. So it was re reestablishing the brand and then expressing the brand. Yeah. And I think obviously creatively that seems like quite an open brief. Aaron, how did your team kind of respond to that? Well, we have um we have a process. It's strategic and creative, but um we do uh, we dig shallow holes so um we we kind of we which means we don't we don't dig deep on one particular thing mm. and um we looked at defining 
um, forward banking in a number of ways in terms of shallow holes. And ultimately, we ended up, you know, just focusing on the brand belief, um, eliminating complexity, empowers progress or moving forward, and and then really focusing on the brand purpose, which is about removing barriers that get in the way of living your life. Not just about banking, but barriers that get in the way of of living your life. And we had um, <laughs> we had we had a number of presentations where we shared many, many, many ideas. Um, John, you remember the um, that hamster wheel thing? <laughs> oh yes, of course I remember. Yeah, that I mean, like so. Yeah, we 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 looked we looked at like barriers in a number of ways. Like we tried to really bring um, barriers to life in in many many concepts. So what what are these barriers? Well, okay, maybe at one point we talked about oh, um, what is a way to uh, you know, show a visual manifestation of not moving forward, like standing in place. So we had like, we, you know, one of the first things we presented was <coughs> a spot around all these, these uh, hamster wheels, like people were stuck in place on hamster wheels. And um, so whatever they were doing, they just, they weren't, they weren't moving forward. And uh, we had we had uh, John. Remember, I was saying that song in that meeting. The, uh, the yes, hundred miles. We yeah. had, like we you did sing. Yeah, I yeah, did I sing. Was... I did sing. I sung the Proclaimers, and I would walk. No, yeah, yeah. 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 Not the Proclaimers. You guys are just saying that because I'm Scottish. No, no. no, no I, I have <laughs> I have PTSD over that. Um, Aaron Aaron sings a lot in creative presentations, and yes, I do. Um, I sure do. Yes. Yeah. I'm proud of it. I'm I'm I, I'm proud of being tone deaf. Listen, I <laughs> I I I this was a it was a that one was that was a funny spot about uh um it was a guy what was it? A guy was trying to propose to uh his like he was trying to propose he needed money to buy the ring. Yeah. He want yeah, he needed money to buy the ring. He had to go to a bank and like mm-hmm. and every and he would kept he kept going this is all leading to how we ended up with hoops, but it was all yes. leading to um, like every time he tried to get the money, he had, he got stopped. Someone at the bank branch said, Oh, you know, I got to talk to my manager. And then they had to talk to their manager and like, he had to sign te- 10 things. And every time that would happen, you know, the song would start again. Like, it would be, and I wake up and I know, and then it would like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I just got to get my manager. And I would walk, anyway so so we did so anyways and he could never get the money to get his uh you know the ring but eventually he signed up for tangerine and it was no problem and the Mm -hmm. song you know carried off into the into the sunset um all the way to the end so um we did so many ideas and eventually we ended up with we we tasked the team like we really like the we really like the wheel uh, this the hamster wheel example, because it just it was like visually arresting, of like oh there's these things out in the world, it just felt it felt really cool and different for a bank, so we briefed um, creative teams on are there other ways to talk about um, you know complex things can we show com- like complexity in the world in an interesting way, 
and we ask them, are maybe they're sayings, right? You know, like, yeah. hey, spinning wheels. It's, it's like you're spinning your wheels. Or, um, is there anything else? And, um, you know, we saw it. It jumped off the page, jumping through hoops. That's what an interesting way to talk about, um, you know, unnecessary, you know, barriers or overly complex things. So um, we started thinking of scenarios at first where it was, okay, what are the, what are things in life, not just banking, but what are things in life where there are, you know, (laughs) unnecessary hoops to jump through? So, you know, we, you know, you know, the Amy, you know, the, the, like that hard plastic that you have to cut open, like on, um, you know, if you get something from Amazon and it's like this really impossible plastic, you have to open. Just annoying. Yeah. It's just annoying. It feels like a hoop you got to jump through or, you know, trying to get out of a gym membership. So we had like, yeah, it's just all these hoops you have to jump through. So we had all these realistic, um, we had all these realistic scenes like 50 of them and um we you know literally put these big giant hoops um in the script like okay someone tries to cancel a gym membership and there's a hoop to jump through someone tries to open this package there's a a hoop to jump through someone tries to sign up their kid to summer camp there's a hoop to jump through and um we you know the uh john and 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 his team, they loved that idea. And then we started talking to directors. And eventually we talked to Nick Ball. And we ended up with a very different, a very different interpretation yeah. of that, where it wasn't about like that hard plastic or literal gym memberships. He he took it to this whole crazy place, this kind of dystopian world. And uh, we fell in love. We were scared, but we also <laughs> fell, we yeah. also fell we also fell in love with it. Yeah, I can see why it is it is quite out there. But I think that's what makes it so good. John, did you guys yes. love it right away? What was your thoughts? Yeah, I I did. I mean, because it, it was the simplicity of the insight, right? So we, I mean, we we are really heavy into research and and. This was something that, well, our research team got really excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they get excited, I get excited because <laughs> me too. <laughs> I often call them the dream killers, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna pay for that. Oh my um, god! For saying Ed, that, Ed, edit um, note. <laughs> this is a safe space. It's fine. <laughs> but I do. I mean, in, in in all seriousness, I I have a tremendous amount of respect for. Yeah them as partners in, in, in when, but when they get excited about something that is so simple, I know, I know we have something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was really excited. And then, you know, we started getting to the director's treatment and that's when I started to get a little bit scared. <laughs> um, and, and, and that is okay. I think yeah. like for me, um, and I think that's where the relationship really comes in. Um, uh, I need, there's this fine balance when we're doing things like this. I need to feel like I'm on the cusp of getting fired. Um, <laughs> and I need Aaron to keep me from getting fired. Um, so I need to, I need I to, felt, I felt you were on the cusp of getting fired as we were doing this. I, I yeah, I, I did. I'm, uh, kidding, uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I remember some conversations before we took off for the shoot. It's like, well, it's not going to be scary like that. I'm like, no, 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 it's going to be fine. Um, so <laughs> I, I think there needs to be that. Um, comfort in being uncomfortable, yeah, and trusting your creative partners that they know the. I mean, at the end of the day, 
I work for a bank. We're regulated. We're generally pretty conservative. Um, but I have a responsibility to make work that is going to stand out, but also not work that is going to put the bank in, in any sort of reputational danger. So, um, I have to operate in that discomfort zone and trust my creative partners that they know what my, you know, sort of what my corporation needs as well. Yeah. So, um, so it's a really, it has to be really, really trusting. And I often say, if I'm feeling really good in director's treatment, like, hey, that's great. I feel really comfortable with that director's treatment. I know it's crap. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. Yeah. So I remember I was, uh, I was on um, vacation and I, wa- I, I asked, that, I just, um, People here, traffic. I just want to be involved in one thing while I'm on vacation, and it's and it's tangerine. So if there's a director's treatments come through, I I want to see it. Anyways, we you know we we talked to some really amazing directors. Um, I saw this treatment from Nick Ball, and uh, in Florida, I remember I was on uh, I was on a balcony. I was looking at the sunset. I had a I had a a beer, a Molson product, and it was, and I remember it, and I was looking at it, and I was like, "Oh, I don't know what this is." Like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm excited, I'm scared. Like, he, he, he made a lot of like great suggestions, um, like a single character. We, we didn't have that in there. We, it was going to be many, 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 many characters, right? Different mm-hmm. scenes, different places, and it was very realistic. But he had this whole world. Um, we he had these these weird hoops. So what you see in the spot is what I saw on a treatment. I saw these these big rusted things, and the world in his treatment looked a lot like the world we did. John, I got to give you credit and the whole team credit because I, you know, I'm going to jump for, fast forward to the to the shoot. You were so trusting, like. You basically did a trust fall with rethink, and yeah. that put that made me do something I normally don't do, and that is uh, I really did a trust fall um, with Nick and his whole team, and uh, and the production partners, and I'm like, okay, let's just let's just do it. Like normally, I'd be. Oh, I really want to make it clear that it's a a gym membership because that you know that was that was the original vision you know getting out of a gym membership. But I wanted to respect his vision. Um, he has done such good work on extra gum, one of like my favorite spots. He just did a spot for us for IKEA um, on the troll. That was great. Yeah. Love yeah, that. It got shortlisted at the Andy. So like, so we love it. People love it. And, um, so, I mean, I'm serious about, about, you know, uh, the tangerine teams trust in us, like led to us really, you know, trusting, um, the process, the director. And, uh, yeah. So we had this, we had this situation where we were like, we were on the shoot and I felt like, okay, I am, I'm trusting this whole thing. But I'm uncomfortable, and I f- I found myself playing therapist to myself and also to the to the clients, John and Brittany there, because John, you remember like we were in the subway and yeah, like this terrible like 
ominous drone music was playing. So 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 Nick was playing like really like belting it out in this like dystopian, you know, you know, subway thing in Serbia. And it was just like dun, dun, dun. <laughs> impending doom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bum, bum, bum. But anyways, <laughs> we're just and everybody's hearing this and it's blaring and we're just hearing this for hours and hours. So when I say I find myself playing therapist, I'm like, okay. Are we going to use that track? No. Nick knows we're not going to use that track. He's just trying to get the characters in, in a mood. Yep. <laughs> and so, but when, and also, like, we're, you know, you're looking at something, it's really going to be a two and a half second shot, right? Mm. You know, and, but we're just hearing it unfold for, for 20 yeah. minutes, right? You know, so we had to just like, okay, let's take a step back. This is not yeah. the spot. Um, you know, we're probably we're gonna pro- probably do a, tra- a track that's maybe repetitive, but not this ominous. So <laughs> there's there's a limit to the to the ominous tones, of course. But that's right, and we couldn't go that we couldn't take it that far. <laughs> yeah. There's obviously a whole load of trust between you guys, which has resulted in you know you you've been able to push like creative boundaries, and you know we've spoken a bit about the the film and day. Obviously, when you see the final ad, there's just like piles of paper everywhere and massive hoops. You know, what was it like to be on the set? I mean, it was, it, it was, it was an, it was very comp, it was a very complex shoot, right? So yeah. there's, there, we shot a ton of stuff. And um, I think part of the beauty of, of it is it was an actual physical set. Like there was, obviously there's CGI, but I mean, so much of it was Built like that paper mountain was wild, and it was so you actually built that then, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The paper all came from a recycling plant, so (laughs) no unnecessary (laughs) pieces of paper were harmed. You thought you were going to get so many calls about the paper, yeah. We didn't, yeah. We stressed about everything, yeah. Um, It was great, but it was an actual paper mountain. Um, wow, the physical hoops were, were all, I mean, the set was just wild. It was uh, it was cold and dark and damp, so that I think helped our you know helped keep our moods light um, during the whole. <laughs> but thing. our socks were not light; like it was, no. <laughs> it was it was cold and damp on our feet. Like <laughs> yes, our feet um, were cold the entire shoot. Oh no! But it, it was yeah, it was very fast paced. It was very uh, intense. Um, there was a lot of. Um, screaming in uh serbian to the extras to get in line um <laughs> lots of cigarettes lots of lots of cigarettes that we didn't smoke a lot of cigarettes a lot of cigarettes um i'm just getting my taste buds back now yes. um, uh, Amy, but, what uh, we mean by that is uh there's um there's a lot of smoke like there's just like a lot of like smoke in restaurants that's all ah uh, okay <laughs> how, how long were you guys filming for then it was th- a three, right? Was a th- was it three or four? It was days? a three day. Yeah. It was a three day shoot. Three yeah. very long days. Three. It felt like yeah. It felt like we we got five days in the three, but uh, yeah. yeah. And how days. long did it take to defrost? <laughs> we, we had foot. We had foot warmer. Like we had those. Uh, what are the hot shots? We put those. That you know. But uh, yeah, where you put them in your shoes and they it keep kind of work. It kind of worked. I remember like I was just like okay. I was just like my hands were freezing and I was putting the. Uh, those hot shots meant for your feet and your hands, and I was just just the whole time. But listen, you know, you know what got us through that was uh, what we were seeing, and you know, uh, you know, 
with our own two eyes, um, just not on the monitor and then on the monitor on playback. It was really exciting. Um, we were able to get through it really quick um, and on time. Like it was probably the least stressful shoot I've been on, to be honest. Oh, okay. Yeah, there, I think- there wasn't a single moment of like real anxiety. There was not one where something went off the rails, which you plan for, but yeah, it, it just it didn't happen. And it I mean, was a really complicated shoot, which is impressive. It was. It's because Nick and, and the whole team, um, they, they were buttoned down, but also like our talent, uh, he was like a one-take wonder. He really? Would just, yeah, he would just get it, you know, like on take one, and you never really see this, but on like first take, it's like, he nailed that. Like, you know, like, so the, the, the things we're looking at wasn't even performance because he was just nailing it um, instinctually, but also, you know, Nick is a great director and, you know, talking to him beforehand, but, you know, the things we're looking at is like, okay, well, you know, how, how's it looking? Is there like a, a, like a wet, like a wet spot there that shouldn't be there? Or is that, is, is this, is that building the background, you know, not looking right, but it was never about performance. We were like, whoa, that was good. (laughs) That's so good. And One thing as well, I know we've spoken a bit about, you know, the, the set and the sort of a, it's got a kind of bleak atmosphere. I feel like the soundtrack is such a contrast. It's almost, I mean, it's very repetitive and probably would drive you nuts, but it's almost <laughs> a bit like cheery as well. How did you land on that, Aaron? I'll maybe go to you for that one. Well, we had, that was the brief. So we we briefed, um we actually briefed a couple music houses and uh, um, ultimately it was uh, Vapor Music who who did this original track. And the brief was we wanted something repetitive, um, you know, that just just gets into the the repetition of daily life, hoop after hoop after hoop. And, and but we did have the thing I spoke about before, Amy, which was that that ominous track in our heads, and we we're like, okay, so we need kind of the opposite of <laughs> of that. And, and we, you know, we heard something. We I think we heard something from, believe it or not, it was like Bobby McFerrin and like Yo Yo Ma. It was this this you know this vocal thing that was really really cool. So we we did nudge. Um, we did nudge the music houses. Like, what if we just kept it in this vocal world, like no instruments, you know, um, Ted Rosnick called me, um, you know, we actually didn't say do who like say hoops or say hoop jumps or we didn't say any of that, but Ted Rosnick called me on like a late on a Friday night. He was doing the music, the music. And he said, listen, I have a composer. Uh, he, he, he's playing around with actually saying like something like hoop jump, hoop, Jump, loop, jump, jump. That sounds really interesting, Ted. So, um, you know, we he, they really sweated it, and um, you know, we put it up to picture, and it it worked amazingly well. Yeah, it really does. It's it's quite creepy as well. I feel like it is. It adds. It adds. It's it is creepy. It's kind of it's it's meant to be creepy. It's it it's meant to make you know part of this brief originally was like we wanted to. Um, we really wanted to 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 show that tangerine is you know um human 
human centric, right? It's it's about people, and the way. So we wanted to we wanted to show like you know when I talked about that plastic and canceling the gym membership, we wanted to show that we we get you, we get we get your life, right? And um, now in order to do that to show that we we get you and we we jumped into this dystopian world we we really wanted to use the technique of exaggeration so exaggerate the frustrations you go with right like like that you experience and um repetition going through all these hoops in daily life so the music just kind of you know put a cherry on top of that and i think really just added to the tension and it was just, you know, we did um, what we do at Rethink all the time, like peer review. And, um, you know, it was just a, you know, a, win- a winning situation on that yeah. uh, longer cut. That makes sense. And I think, you know, as well as the sound, I kind of got the impression, obviously, color plays a huge role in this ad. Yeah. Um, you worked with Alex Bickle on the coloring. He's like a, a Grammy, not a Grammy, uh, Oscar <laughs> award winning colorist. What did he bring to the table? Well, a lot, you know, so I, I think we had, um, we just, we had an, we had a dream team on this. Yeah, it sounds like I mean, it. It, start, it started with, it started with Nick and uh, Nick, Nick has connections that we don't have. <laughs> and, and he made some calls, uh, such a wonderful DP on this. Alex and it, it really was the dream team. We got Graham, um, who's out of Toronto, uh, editing, and um, you know it's just honestly one of the best, uh, one of the best uh, production experiences of 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 my career. And a lot has to do with with the people involved, including including Alex. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to seeing what else comes out of this partnership. Um, John, maybe just to end on, what do you think Tangerine achieved with this ad? Um, well, I'll, I'll summarize it in a text that I got. We we aired this during uh, the Oscars on Canadian media. And um, I was watching and I got a text from a colleague who um, is an exec at a competitive bank, which I, which I won't name. Um, but the text simply read, now that is how you make a campaign. Oh, that's um, so good. So I think, you know, for Tangerine, our goal was to stand for something and be able to articulate what that was and to break through. So I think it is very, very clear that Tangerine stands for simplicity um, and, and advocates on behalf of the customer, right? As Aaron said, removing those barriers um, that we all face. And I think from a breakthrough perspective, you can't not watch it. it. It just, you can't, and you don't get tired of it. Um, you know, normally we go through this process and you see something a thousand times and you're like, okay, I'm ready to go to the next thing. But it, it comes on, it comes on during a commercial break and I sit and watch it, it because it's just, it's so entertaining. Um, so I think it's, and it's, we also achieved a point of pride internally, which I think is, you know, as important as anything else, uh, the employee base within Tangerine sees something that they can rally behind. And uh, we haven't done a lot of brand work in the past couple of years, like big B brand work. Um, so to come out and say, hey, you know, the place where you spend so much of your time 
this is what we're about and this is what we're going to do for our customers. And to do it in a way that they can feel proud of, it was just such a great rally cry for the team. Definitely. And I think, you know, just even from the comments, I, I posted it on social media and it got hundreds of likes, so many comments. People really thought highly of this ad. And yeah, it was great to chat to you both to hear all about the behind the scenes stuff. And thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having us. It was uh, great talking about this. Yeah, it's fun. 